want to start off with, uh, with a quote. Um, a quote from uh, Blaise Pascal from the 1600s. It's this. All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Now, uh, Blaise is, is an awesome historical figure. He, uh, he was a philosopher and theologian, and uh, he started off just you know, following all, all the Catholic uh, mores and values, including that of, of works being a way to gain favor with the Lord. And he had a revelation that it is not based on works. It is based on the just the amazing grace of God. And looking at this quote, um, I think the same can be said for Christians. For our, uh, our inability to just be still before the Lord is kind of confounding. Our inability to rest, to trust the Lord in Sabbath rest, not just to take a nap. Uh, when I'm talking about Sabbath, I'm not just talking about like rest for your body. I'm talking about a rest that intentionally invites the Lord to bring healing to every part of our being. I'm talking about the intentionality of saying, during this time, I'm not just going to let this day escape me. I'm going to give you thanks. I'm going to remember your goodness. I'm going to remember that I am not a slave, that I am free, that I'm no longer in bondage, that I am free. I'm going to rest and trust you that more can be accomplished in six days than can be in seven when I give you the offering of that day and I rest. I followed the example of God himself who on the seventh day rested. Now I love, I, talked, I called it a mic drop moment, I believe it was last week, that Jesus declared, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And he had also made declaration that that the Sabbath was made for you. You you weren't created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. So um, so I am not trying to get uh, legalistic about this at all. I, I kind of hate legalism. Um, but for most of us, our, our Sabbath is Sunday. Now there are people, uh, I referenced the police officer that I was talking to, that he's he knows his schedule for the next eight months, and it's, he works every Sunday. So for him, Sunday can't be Sabbath. But that's okay because Sabbath was made for him, not him for Sabbath. You know, and so, but for most of us right here in this time together, um, this is what we embrace as Sabbath. But we have to embrace the truths that come with it. The fact that it's not just to be another day where we just plod through doing our thing, but a day where there's intentionality about the invitation of the Lord into that day in thanks, in gratitude, in worship, in, in feasting on Him. Isaiah 58 says this. This is verse 13. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure, which, looking at this, it's really saying, your your business, your pleasure, your your agenda. From doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, 
and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not taking your own ways or seeking your own pleasure, your own agenda, or talking idly, then you will take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Um, man, I, I would encourage you to go and read the entire chapter of Isaiah 58. And I, I love it in the New Living Translation. And so I'd encourage you to read it in the New Living but here's what it talks about. It talks about, the, you know, worshiping, whether it's through fasting or through the Sabbath or whatever it would be, worshiping out of obligation and religion in an attempt to gain God's pleasure and worshiping generously with our lives. Where that, we are doing so because we love him. And in so doing, that does please the Lord. But it's not religious obligation. It's out of relational affection. So, practicalities. Biology was never my thing. But I want to go biological real quick. We have four chambers of our hearts. The left and right atrium and the left and right uh, ventricle. And we have a graphic here that shows where they are. Um, I had no idea that the heart was blue. It is, because it's right up there. So let's kind of capture that visual in our mind. Four chambers, right? Well, today we're going to talk about there being, and just bear with me, give me some leeway here. What if there's four chambers of our being? What if there's four chambers of our being that life needs to flow through, that, that we need to be filled up in, that needs to just pump and, and flow with life, and that need to be refilled? I, I, in preparation for this, oh yeah, by the way, I bet you guys didn't know that the emotional uh, chamber is right about here, right about here. Apparently, according to this graph, it is. Um, yeah, it's in the thumb. I started reading about blood, you know, just like, hey, what does the heart do? What, is, what does the blood do? Um, and there's a, they, there's a going out and a coming back. There's a taking of oxygen and then a returning of the blood. And I look at that, and that is what we are to do as followers of Christ. There's to be a, a coming into his presence, a coming into this place of worship, of getting filled up, and there is to be a going out and a representing him. And I believe that there should be a pouring out, even to the point of empty or darn near empty. That's okay. You know why? Because we don't have to ever fear being in lack because then there is the coming back. There's the coming into his presence. There's the coming in and the getting filled up again, and then there's the going out. And we don't have to worry about not having enough. Man, fear is like one of the biggest lies of the enemy. And especially that fear, you won't have enough. It's a massive fear. If you tithe, you won't have enough. If you serve, you won't have enough, what? Time. You'll run out of time. If, if you 
open the door to a new friendship, you, you won't have enough for your kids, for your wife, for yourself. I want to talk about filling up these four chambers of our being. And I, I want to go ahead and make it abundantly clear. You're not, not going to find this in Scripture. You're not going to find four chambers of our being in Scripture. But as I unpack these four things, you're going to go, oh, yeah, clearly that's, that makes up part of who I am. Number one, that spiritual chamber. We have to fill up that spiritual chamber. And I want you guys to know, when I talk about all these chambers, intentionality is needed to fill them up. You're not just going to wake up full. You're not going to wake up full in any of these areas. Intentionality is needed. Invitation is needed. The Lord's provision is needed. So number one, spiritual. This one's easy. To fill up your spiritual chamber, spend time with God. Goes back to this quote. Spend time with God. Spend time with God with, with, with the Bible. Or you can do like Jesus did. Because he didn't have a Bible. He just spent time with God. He didn't have a Bible. He went alone to be alone with God. And he would listen, and he would be restful. I imagine there's times he would just sit silent in his presence. And it fills up that spiritual chamber. You guys, if we don't do this, if we're not intentional about this, then we're going to run dry, and we're not going to have enough to overflow to others. Let me, let me just apply it here. If I don't spend time with the Lord... Forget sermon prep. I'm not talking about sermon prep, okay? If I don't spend time with the Lord, you won't get the overflow and the fullness of what God wants you guys to receive. Sermon prep's great. Sermon prep is one thing, but, but it doesn't take the place of just being still before the Lord. Okay, and this is not just needed for pastors, for elders. This is needed for all of us. Now, here's the great thing. I'm not saying it's got to be three hours. I'm not saying it's got to be 45 minutes because we don't see anywhere in Scripture where, where there's a time frame attached to it, but there is intentionality. Jesus got up early to be alone with God. Mark 135, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Matthew 14, 23. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountains by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. We see at one point he got into a boat by himself to get away from the crowds. And they followed him, and he's like, all right, let's do this. And he ministered to him. He's like, well, he's tenacious, man. I got to. God loves decisive action. He just does. So Jesus honored it. He's like, all right. And then when he was done, he went up the mountain to get away. Not to get away just from the world, but to get away with the Father. There has to be intentionality. So, Brittany, how many hours do you have in the day? In, in, in whatever, how many hours do you have? Like in the, the entirety. 
Yeah, he's like, uh, this one seems so obvious. Anthony, how many do you have? 24. Andy? 24. We get to choose how we spend that time. We get to choose how we spend that. We all have 24. We all have this same account. And then that account is 24 hours. And we get to choose. And I'm telling you right now, if you're saying that you don't have time to spend time with the Lord, you are not spending your time as you should. Because you can get up 20 minutes earlier. By the way, the 5 o'clock hour is like a beautiful time of the day. No, it really is. It's like a phenomenal time of the day. I don't do it, like I only do it a couple times a week. Okay, because sleep's nice too. But I'm just saying, you guys, make the time. Be with God. Stillness. Meditation. Prayer. Listening. Praise. Worship. Scripture. No scripture. One scripture. I mean, one scripture. Part of a scripture. Just chewing on that and declaring that is powerful. Okay, number two, mental. That's been, that just is super practical. Man, read a book. <laughs> read, like, read a book once in a while. Listen to a challenging podcast. Do a puzzle. Kara was so happy last night. She, she FaceTimed me. I was down in the office, and she was up stairs and she's like, I'm so happy. Look, she showed me that all the puzzle pieces, she had sorted them by color and everything. She's like, I, I got my table back because it had a bunch of books from the preschool. And she's doing a puzzle. Do a puzzle. Do a crosswood puzzle. Do a solitaire. What, what's like the Japanese sounding like kombucha or saboku? Sudoku? Do that. While it is one of those was a drink that I named, right? While drinking the drink. I don't know. We we need to have um, our mind refreshed and, and here's why. It's not just our spirit that just that gets bombarded, our mind gets bombarded. Don't ask the Lord to fill up this mental chamber while sitting in front of the TV or sitting in front of, you know, something with a ton of stimuli, a video game, YouTube, you know, your, your device, your phone. Don't do that. Y- you can't get your brain filled up with all this stimuli coming against it, trying to, to cram and occupy space in your brain. But our minds need to be filled up. God gave us a brain. It is remarkable, and he wants us to use it. He wants us to think. He wants us to have thought-provoking questions. And I'm convinced the Lord's like, ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, that is good. And then he wants to throw back a thought-provoking answer. We're like, oh, God, that's good. Man, that's rich. Let me chew on that. Honestly, I'm not trying to back on Christians. I've been a Christian like 40-something years. But I, I think we... we we don't always use our brains. And we think that that's a sin to use your brain. Because, oh, that must be in contradiction to the spirit. No, it's not. And we need to have it refreshed and refilled. Number three, emotional. 
listen's listen's key, and, and I'm, I'm going to give you what I think is a heart is, is a good answer, but it's a good answer for me. Maybe it's a good answer for you, but you're going to have to. You know you. Before before I answer, do you think Jesus had fun? Absolutely, he did. Do you think Jesus laughed? Yeah. I was a camp counselor at a Christian youth camp one time, and it was all Christian counselors, and I was in college, and we're sitting around talking, and as we're talking, I'm like, oh, can you, can you I bet you, I bet you uh, Jesus and the disciples played, you know, hey, pull my finger, you know, where you pull your finger, and then, you, you know, you, you break wind, right? And this girl, she's like, she's like, that is blasphemy. Jesus did not fart. I'm like, he would have exploded. Absolutely he did. He was a man. He absolutely did. Why do we think, and I'm like, why do you think that was sinful? Just because your brothers, like, sat on your head when they did it or whatever. Like, that's not, breaking wind's not sin. Amen. <laughs> they have one guy said it, everybody else is like nodding, going, amen. One thing I really like about the TV show, The Chosen, is it shows Jesus having fun with his disciples. Having fun, busting chops. Like, giving them nicknames. Like it, I, I like it. Jesus wasn't just a man. He was, like, the most awesome man. People wanted to be around him. Children wanted to be around him. And I think it's because emotionally, man, he, he knew how to fill up that chamber. Do you know that Jesus was actually accused of having too much fun? He was. He was accused of having too much fun. Luke 7.33 says this. For John the Baptist, and this is Jesus talking, for John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, he has a demon. The son of man, he's talking about himself, the son of man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You guys, we are in need of joy, and I'm telling you right now, one of the ways that we can fill up this emotional bucket is to spend time with people who bring us joy. I, I talked about 24 hours in the day. We get to choose who we spend that time with, and I'm telling you, when, when time is precious, carve out time to spend with people who are going to make you laugh and just bring joy to your heart so that with, with every bit of laughter, that fills up that emotional chamber. I thought of other things. Like, like, like a lot of people watch, like, the Hallmark movies, like, on the Hallmark channel. Like, does that fill up their emotional? It doesn't mind. Like, you know, even, because I'll cry. I hate those things because they always make you cry. Um, but then you're like, okay, that wasn't so bad. I, okay, I cried. Kara knew I was crying. I'm like, Jeff was doing this. You know, maybe maybe for some, I don't know. But I'm telling you, inviting joy, the joy of the Lord into your life will fill up that, that emotional chamber. This is maybe one that runs out the quickest and that we need to fill up the quickest. Laugh. Have phone calls. 
spend time with friends. Maybe a movie, maybe the Hallmark show. I don't know. But, but here's a great way to find out. Just acknowledge, say, Lord, I'm in need of having this. My emotional chains are just filled up. So would you guide me into whatever's going to bring me joy? You know me better than I do. And just invite the Lord to guide you into that place of filling up that bucket, of filling up that chamber. Number four, physical. When it comes to Sabbath, I think this is one of those where we, we just, I think we miss it because we think, oh, Sabbath, nap. Sabbath, doing nothing. Sabbath, just sitting there, feet up on the couch all day. And, and maybe that's great, but I'm just telling you, that's not the defining trait of Sabbath rest, physically. What are the things that fill us up physically? Going for a walk, seeing nature, going for a drive, riding your bike, sitting outside. I, I love mowing the yard. I love mowing the yard. And when I have a day off, and even on the Sabbath, I, I love mowing the yard. It's mindless. I, I, I don't think of anything except the next, uh, how, how straight I want to cut that line, and do I want to do a pattern, and... You know, how can I get my lawn, you know, as green as Rick's? And, you know, I mean, all, all these things, right? But I, I love it. I love being outside. I love the smell. I love the feel. And it fills, it fills up my physical chamber. In all of these areas, there needs to be intentionality. You guys, none of this, I, I intentionally didn't want, like, a ton of scripture with all of these things. Do you really need to know that filling up your physical chamber is scriptural? I already told you that Jesus went on walks and went up in the mountains and went sailing and went to the beach. Just do the same. Do you really need to know that spending time with people who bring you joy fills up your emotional chamber? What did Jesus do? He hung out with, with, with his boys. They went, went on walks. They did the Father's work. They had adventures and they had missions. We need that. The Sabbath was made for us. This passage that I read out of Isaiah says, if you take delight in the Lord, I'll make you ride on the heights of the earth. That's what I want. That, that, that's what I, I want to feel that. I want to feel that. I want to feel that joy. I want to feel that freedom. And there's times that I am just flat out empty when I don't feel that. And there's times you are flat out empty and you're not going to feel something. How well do you know yourself? Do you know the indicators to know, hey, I'm, that's a, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. I'm, I'm weary. I'm emotionally weary. I'm, I'm mentally just dull or spent. Spiritually, I'm just dry. Like, do, do we know ourselves to know the signs? Maybe we do, maybe we don't, because sometimes we get so bombarded with everything else. But that's why we call out to the Lord and say, Lord, you know me better than me. Holy Spirit, would you speak to me when, when you see that I'm running dry? I don't want to hit rock bottom. When, when you see it diminishing and you want to fill me up, would you just, would you just prompt me, urge me, speak to me, touch me?
probably a lot of things that the enemy wants to happen to us because the Bible tells us that he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come so that you might have life and have it to the fullest. But I promise you, the enemy wants us weary. He wants us exhausted. He wants us distracted. He wants our eyes on self. He wants our eyes on the pain. He wants our eyes on the hurt. He wants our eyes on the lack. He wants our eyes on everything but God. If Sabbath was made for man, is Sabbath good? If God made Sabbath for us, then Sabbath is good. Are we fully tapping into how good Sabbath can be? A couple weeks ago, I talked about that on Sabbath, there should be intentionality in our giving thanks. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you for forgiveness. Lord, I thank you for Gratitude is a gateway to the presence of the Lord. It's a gateway that flings wide the, the, the doors of our heart, the gate of our heart. And next thing you know, we find ourselves going, oh, well, here I am. Yeah, I'm in your presence. And then the invitation, Lord, just would you touch me how you want to touch me? Let's not let Sabbath just be another day of whatever. Let's let there be intentionality in our getting whole and healthy and filled up on that day. And not just on that day, but definitely on that day, on that day that we set aside as a Sabbath so that we set it apart, we keep it holy, set apart for the Lord to do supernatural work in us that then will empower us to to thrive in the next six days and then that will cause us to thrive in that seventh day. Let me close our eyes. If we truly believe that the Sabbath was made for us and the Sabbath is good, then let's, let's open up a dialogue with the Lord. Just show us, Lord, would you show us your intention and purpose causing us to thrive on this day and making us truly fulfilled in this intentional time of receiving this gift that you've given to us. Lord, even right now, I, I ask that you would just give strategic and practical and wonderful ways to each person here of, of that you know us so well, you know them so well of what's needed for each one of these chambers to be filled up and to overflowing. Lord, we know you love us. You're so generous, Lord. You're so thoughtful towards us. Lord, we rest in you. Lord, especially as you help us in this area, Lord, we rest in you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Can you purpose just a brief time to be silent, just be still, and just to see what the Lord will do in that stillness? Honestly, you don't even have to say a word. You don't even have to say a word. Just say, Lord, I'm just going to be still in your presence. love you guys. I'll leave us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a wonderful day. Have fun. Laugh. Rest. Kick your feet up. Watch some bad football at 225. Bad football. They got nachos and beer at the stadium. That's that's you know. Enjoy the day, my friends.